Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hello, Life Uncloseted listeners. It is time once again for another Life Uncloseted podcast, and I know things are kind of crazy in our lovely little planet right now with this virus that's driving us all bonkers, taking some lives and everything, but the thing is, is... Hope is alive. I truly believe that, and I feel like now is the time for us to lean into hope in every way that we possibly can. And to do that, one of the things I wanted to do was tap into a very amazing person that I met through another endeavor that I do. Many of you who've listened to the podcast know that I also not only coach people coming out of the closet, but I also coach people building their speaking businesses with my buddy, my boss, my good friend, Grant Baldwin. And I happened to meet this guest through that program. And then lo and behold, there's a whole other bit of connections that we have shared, but I don't want to share too much of that yet because I think it'll make really great insights for this conversation. Her name is Amy Downs and she has a brand new book coming out called Hope is a Verb. She's a pretty, pretty impressive gal from a lot of different directions. And she has truly uncloseted her life after a really big thing happened for her and everything from some weight loss to becoming a cyclist to inspiring people through her speaking. But we're going to get to the big thing that happened in just a couple of minutes here. But I'm so excited to have you here, Amy, and sharing you with my audience today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so thrilled to be here. And we have had some interesting conversations already ahead of this that um, kind of brought us together and, you know, we're going to dive into the commonalities. So let's start with the big thing that you never saw coming, which none of us ever saw coming, kind of like the coronavirus here right now, mm-hmm. that suddenly made you wonder, am I going to make it? So why don't yeah. you tell a little story? It's not a little story, actually. It's a pretty big Yeah, story. right. I know. No, I, I had a, a really big wake-up call in my life. Um, I was 28 years old and sitting at my desk on a normal day at work, and all of a sudden, a bomb went off, and I found myself buried alive mm-hmm. under 10 feet of rubble for over six and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And it was a very scary um, ordeal, to say the least. And not only that, um, you know, just going through that, okay, that's awful enough, right? Buried alive, like for five minutes is bad, much less all day. Um, during that, there was a bomb scare where they thought there was another bomb. Mm-hmm. And so they were yelling that they had to leave. There was another bomb. One guy said, there's another bomb. It's worse than the first. And they had to leave me. So, you know, buried alive, can't see anything, can't move, and you're waiting to die. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that was a very big turning point in my life. And then also coupled with the fact that for the next two or three years, it was a very dark time because 18 of my 33 coworkers were killed. Mm. 
So not only did I have, you know, just the personal trauma of what I went through, but then you're dealing with trying to put back an organization together right. where you've lost so many people. So just a lot of layers of, um, you know, grief and just hard times there. Yeah. Yeah. And, so what Amy's referring yeah. to is, and this is where we have an interesting connection through all of this. Amy is referring to the Oklahoma city bombing. And the irony of all of this is, first of all, we discovered we both lived in Oklahoma and then the story started to unfold one day when on, on one of our calls, <clears throat> my oldest daughter was literally born at the, ex not exactly, but that same morning that this all happened. And it was really a, an ironic space for us because here my daughter's being born my in-laws at the time lived in the Oklahoma city area. We were trying to get a hold of them and I couldn't figure out why we couldn't get a hold of them. I'm like, they knew that, you know, we, any day we were going to have a kid and, you know, here I am holding my new daughter and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And we keep calling and keep calling. And then suddenly, you know, you obviously don't have the TV on during birth, you know, but I finally I'm like, okay, well let's flip the TV on. And about that same time, my parents showed up and said, did you hear what happened in Oklahoma city? And then everything unfolded and we understood, Oh, okay. This is why we haven't been able to get a hold of her parents. So it's an interesting coincidence that yeah. suddenly here we are, Amy and I are connected and we're sharing yeah. these stories. And, um, I know I lost a friend in that. And, um, for you, I know it inspired you in so many ways, but as you were in that space, I think it would cause anybody to retreat into their own mind of we're done. This isn't, mm -hmm. I'm not going to make it. Absolutely. Yeah. And in those moments, what do you feel like was the thing that kept you moving forward? So, um, you know, first I went through probably what a lot of people would do. And that is, um, I don't know, you can either call it prayer or call it bargaining. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I think it's more bargaining <laughs> where you were just like, praying, get me out of here. I'll do anything. I just want a second chance. Like I just want out. And I went through all of that, you know, facing all the regrets in my life and, and everything. And then really for me, um, my faith is really what actually ended up bringing a peace in the middle of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't happen right away. I mean, at first I felt very alone. And I remember, I remember actually trying to quote a scripture. Yeah. I grew up in a, a faith-based Christian home and we used to have to memorize scriptures for like candy every week yep. at church, which yep. is messed up. <laughs> anyway, I think that was part of the reason for my weight problem. But anyway, so I was trying to quote the scripture, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And I remember laying there thinking, okay, I'm in the valley and I don't even know what comes next in this scripture right. or, or in right now. Right. And, um, but I started singing a song of all the weird things to do, this song popped into my head and I started singing this praise and worship song. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I felt an incredible peace come over me. And mm -hmm. I knew, um, I didn't know that I was going to make it out. I really thought I was getting ready to die. Right. But I was okay with what was getting ready to happen next. I felt at peace with, with them. I just felt at peace with God. It's interesting because there was a moment in my life as I was going through my own coming out journey that I actually did the similar thing. Mm. <laughs> I bargained big time with the, you know, power upstairs mm -hmm. and I sat on a beach in Laguna beach, California, and I was already out, but I was going through a lot of trials, you know, obviously going through the divorce and then battling my own religious stuff with my family. And I sat on a beach one night and I was, I, I was drunk. 
you know, so that wasn't a good thing. Sitting on a beach drunk by yourself is not a good thing in any, in any given state of mind. But, um, and I, I was sitting there right in the water, like right at the ocean's edge. Mm -hmm. And I literally screamed at God and said, okay, if I'm really not supposed to be this, then take me out, literally take me out. And I had no intention of staying there. But the next morning, it sounds like a movie scene, I know. But the next morning, I woke up, and the surf was starting to come back in. And I thought, well, I guess this means I'm okay. This wow. is where I'm supposed to be. And it's so interesting to see how so many of us, whether we're bargaining for our life under rubble of a bomb scare or on a beach or bargaining in our cubicle going, okay, if I'm not supposed to be doing this and I'm supposed to be out there doing my own thing, you know, give me a sign or tell me what's right and all this stuff. And I find for anybody coming out of a closet, this is part of the journey. You're going wow. to bargain. You're going yeah. to go through that like questioning. And I call it starting in the confusion space because if you're confused then the next thing you're going to start doing is you're going to get curious. But in the curiosity is where you start doing some of the bargaining. And it's also where you start to doubt. It's like, okay, well, I'm not getting the answer, so I guess I'm not supposed to do this, but maybe I am. So, you know, and you keep pushing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So as you came through that harrowing just experience, I can't even imagine. And I, and I do remember so many people um, that we were curious about and the one friend that we did lose. And, and actually my father-in-law, he was in the transportation department at uh in oklahoma so a lot of his friends were involved in that too but as you came through that and came out the other side i'm quite sure it wasn't like okay great i survived i'm happy happy joy joy right. it had to be a lot of scars and mental stuff that you continued to contend with um beyond that so take us a little bit into that absolutely you know when they finally did pull me out <clears throat> i remember they put me on the back of a gurney and took me out the back of the building I remember taking that first breath of fresh air and promising God, I'll never live my life the same. Mm -hmm. Roll the credits, we're done, right? right, right <laughs> Did all right. the great. Nope, didn't work that way. Um, there were a lot of ups and downs and happened through the years because that's life. Yep. But I had never forgotten that moment, though. You know, and I, I think, um, you know, there's a, a, a book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, the yes. woman who wrote the book talked about the number one regret was um, not living a life you know, true to yourself, yep. but a life that others expect from you, which I'm sure you understand because you lived a life for totally. a long time based on what other people expected from you, not being true to your own heart, your own soul. Mm -hmm. And so though I realized you're going to think about your life. You can either think about it at the end of your life with regret, or you can pause and take time every day and reflect on, am I living a life true to myself? Like, what are my goals? What am I doing? And so that shaped in, has changed my life because I constantly look at, am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I, mm -hmm. am I being who I want to be? Am I going in the direction I want to go? Yep. And if you stop and you ask yourself those questions often, you get clarity over what it is you want. And then your brain will start fighting to make those action steps. Yes. You know, your brain, your brain will start figuring it out. But a lot of it is that space. And maybe that's what you call the, you know, kind of your confusion state, which is where you're like, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do? What am, where am I? And you just have to allow yourself the space to think about that a lot mm -hmm. and not think about it at the end of your life with regret. Think right. about it right now when you have something you can do about it. Mm -hmm. 
And I think this conversation is so poignant given where we are right now in the, in the planet with the COVID-19 and, Mm -hmm. and I have, you know, lots of friends who are like, okay, well, what now? So a lot of them do not have a job right now. Others are like, I don't know how to do this work from home thing. I'm like, trust me, it's not that hard. It might and it's hard for some of those that are really, I know you're a very social person. And I, mm-hmm. I, I saw you post something about that yesterday. Like, I didn't know how to do this. And my husband's a very social person too. <laughs> I'm social, but I, I guess because I've been doing this so long, I've been doing this since I guess about 2003 is when I really started doing some work from home. By 2006, I was full-time from home. So I've adapted to how you do the social thing like we're doing right now, you know, mm-hmm. using Zoom and being able to see each other. No, it's not the same as a nice big hug, but you know, hey, you make it work. But it's just interesting to see the parallels of what's next. Mm-hmm. How do we move? What do we do? And mm-hmm. I know once this, you know, you move past this, there were some other big changes that if I were to have said to you prior to this, Amy, you're going to go do this and you're going to do this. You would probably be like me when people would say, Hey Rick, guess what? You are going to come out of the closet and one day you're going to be doing podcasting and you're going to have written a book and you're going to be, in, I would have been like, you're crazy. That is not who I am. But you went and kind of crossed over into some stuff that I'm sure prior to that, you're like, no way, no yeah. how yeah. am I ever going to do these things? So yeah. No way in hell. Path. Like just crazy. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I was a, um, I weighed 355 pounds and I was a college dropout. I could not pass a remedial mm. math class in college. So flunked out of college and I was a teller. And now fast forward, of course, it's been 25 years and a lot there, but the journey of, of after the bombing, living my life with intention mm-hmm. has resulted in me. Now I am the CEO of a financial institution and I went back and I got my degree and I got my MBA. And then I also um, picked up a life of health and activity and I completed a full Ironman triathlon in 2017 and that is a 2.4 mile swim Mm -hmm. followed by a 112 mile bike ride followed by a 26.2 marathon all in 17 hours so yeah I'm bragging gotta brag about that right well and I want to just I want to just pause here for a moment because I want people to really just take this in in less than a couple (laughs) of minutes what she has said I was a college dropout and now I'm a CEO, an MBA, I've done an Ironman triathlon, and I've lost all this weight. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call people out right now. If you're sitting there saying you can't fucking figure out what to do with your life in this crazy space that we're in, and excuse my French there, but this is when and I'm saying this to myself too, Yeah. then you need to rethink what Amy just said. Right. And this isn't putting her up on a pedestal, yeah. even though she well deserves it, but these are those moments in life where we figure shit out, folks. Yes. We figure it out because we're being called to figure it out. And I'm a firm believer, and, and a lot of you know I'm not like a big like super God person, but I believe in higher power. I'm not just here on the planet because, hey, I'm supposed to be here. I believe there's a purpose here. And I remember in my own journey, and the beach was kind of the start of that whole thing, that when I realized, okay, you can wallow, and you can be miserable or you can go do something different. It's so ironic because this is another place where Amy and I have something very much in common. It was in those moments in my deepest, deepest, darkest spaces that I suddenly took up cycling and cycling became my lifeline. 
and it it drew me through and I got in shape. I'm not as in good a shape as I was then, but it has still been a passion of mine. And it's these moments when you can see that, okay, I'm a college dropout, but look at what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I am a guy who was married for 13 years with two kids. I can't see myself through the other side of that. And now my whole world revolves around showing other people how to come out of the closets of their lives. Do not sit here and say, I can't figure it out. Right. You have everything inside you. Amen. I, that's so true. And I, for me, I learned this little trick that, um, that I do um, called, okay, if you had a magic wand, we've all done that before, right? Mm -hmm. If I had a mm -hmm. magic wand, but if, but sometimes I need help, like trying to figure out how to do the things, right? So if I had yeah. a magic wand, I brought, you know, I would, whatever that is, fill in the blank, you know? Right. And then I just kept taking it down to smaller, mm -hmm. smaller, smaller, smaller steps because we get ourselves overwhelmed. Like if you would have told me I would have done those things, no way. Right. It started with the first step of, you know, I kind of would like to go back to college. Mm -hmm. I really want to get my degree mm -hmm. and just take doing. And if you constantly level up, if yep. you constantly take that time to go, okay, what do I want to do next? Like, for example, you came into my life at a point where I'm leveling up again. Yep. I'm CEO. I love my job. I love my credit union, but I'm also already looking out ahead and going, you know what, what's next? Mm -hmm. Like, where do I level up from here? Well, I really like helping people with my story. So what does that look like to level up? Right. So then it's like, okay, I want to figure out how to start a speaking business. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Well, that means I need to contact this guy named Rick who can coach me and help me. And so taking every single little step and you know what, one day, I'm going to turn around and hopefully be on a great big stage and I'll be yeah. able to send you a message and be like, Hey, I spoke mm -hmm. to, a, you know, however many people today, yeah. you know, which would have seemed crazy to begin with. But if you just keep navigating and asking yourself, okay, what next, what next level up, level up, that's, that's all living life with intention really is. It's just it is. making sure you're doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. and if you had a magic wand, what is it? And then given your current situation, What's mm -hmm. one thing that you can do today to move toward that picture, that magic wand picture? What's one thing you can do to move toward that direction? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that magic wand metaphor, as you were saying it, I'm like, it may be that the one thing you have to learn to do right now with the magic wand is just believe that you even have one. Yes. And then just believe that you can pick it up. Yeah. And then just believe that you can yeah. wave it and something's going to happen. Yeah. In one of my talks, I talk about what is the one smallest, least scary step you can take today yes. towards the thing you most want to be doing. Yes. It could just That's be powerful. believing. Yeah, it's very powerful. It could mm -hmm. just be believing that you can have the the idea mm -hmm. that, that okay, I can I, today I get to imagine. Mm -hmm. Today I get to create the the vision or the fantasy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just that little bit, and especially in this time where we're all kind of like, okay, what the heck is next here? I've been having a lot of conversations with people because a lot of my friends are like, okay, Rick, you've been doing this from home. How do you do it? And I said, here's the first thing I do. I get up every day. I take a shower. I get dressed. Okay. Yes. I work in a t-shirt and sweats, but I've been doing this a long time, but I keep the routine. Yeah. You know, I come into my office. I'm like, okay, let's do these things first. Cause that's how I, if I was going to the office, I would be doing that same practice. Here's the first things first. I'm going to quickly, you know, like scroll my email, look at, okay, which of these is most critical, work with them, then set that aside. Now, what's the projects I know I want to get done today? In fact, as we're sitting here, 
I think it'd be really good for everybody kind of here. Here's what Rick's got on his list. I've got this interview with Amy today. I've got another interview with another guy named Joel. I've got one podcast I need to record that's a solo show for me. I've got to do all the promotions and stuff for that. I need to create some other promotions. I need to work with some people on some stuff for grant stuff that I do. And I need to record a couple of videos. Okay, well, there's my to-do list. I reviewed that to-do list when I first got up this morning at like seven something. And I'd already done my shower, had my coffee, said hi to my husband, had my breakfast. And now I'm here. When Amy and I are done, I'm going to do the one thing that I always do after I do an interview like this is I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go, like, just go grab another cup of coffee, do a little bit of walking around. Of course, now I'm doing a lot more walking around in the house, but I'm very lucky I have a two-story, so I'm getting some exercise <laughs> in there too, you know? Um, but yeah, Amy and I were talking about, you know, cycling and stuff before we got on. I'm like, I think I will go get the bike tires blown up now that it's stopped raining so that I can get out there and get a bike ride in a little bit later. But it's these things that take one small step. Well, if I can kind of point out something you just said, you said you started your morning, okay, yep. reviewing your to-do list. And I yep. would imagine knowing you, you're, you're someone who lives life very intentionally and you're thinking about, you know, your mark you want to make yeah. in life and what your goals are. So that to-do list is your, it is so huge because you thought of what are some things I need to do today? Yeah. To make a paycheck, yeah. but also like to, to be the person I want to be and show up the way I want to show up. And part of your list was made up of that. Mm -hmm. And so that doing that day after day over and over again, that's what leads to these huge results. It's that mm -hmm. consistency, that small consistency over time makes a big difference. And then you turn around and you're like, wow, mm -hmm. like I am now the person that coaches people, you know, to come out and I never could have imagined even doing that yeah. myself for the first time, but it was over and over again, being intentional and just right. doing that stuff every day. And the intention is so vital to me. It's like, I, I mean, I can tell you guys, okay, so here's a couple of things that are on the list. So I need to transfer a domain over from one domain place to another. Mm -hmm doesn't not critical to the intention of what I'm doing in my business right now. It's like, Hey, when I get to it, I'll get it done. There's another piece of my business that kind of, I would like to get that piece growing because I do some consulting in the wine business, but it's not really critical right now because no wineries are open. Now I'm doing some stuff for them, like giving some little tidbits and stuff like that. But the intention isn't like, okay, let's get the website finished up. Let's get the business cards done. Let's get this stuff done. Let's, you yeah, know, it's not very yes. sexy. You got really small things that aren't sexy. Yeah. But and time, it's not going to have, yeah, it's mm -hmm. not going to have impact right now. What is going to have impact is shooting a little video and saying, Hey, this is Rick from Vino. Wow. And I know a lot of you are shut down. You're trying to figure out what to do with, you know, your business right now. Here's a couple of ideas. That's mm -hmm. it. My intention is to be of service. My intention is to help these owners feel like they can come out of the closet of I might lose my business or I'm really having to lay a lot of people off. Yes, folks, I can twist coming out of the closet into anything, even working <laughs> in the wine industry. But I, it's those intentions that if you stand in that space of what's my intention for the day, what's my intention for the next hour, you will find how much more powerful you become. Yeah. And I can tell you as somebody who has battled the bulge and continues to battle the bulge like Amy did, it takes intention even there. It does. Especially right now where we're all trapped in the house. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what the heck came over me. I don't even keep junk food in the house. <laughs> but COVID, COVID's coming. Let's yep. go get all the junk. Yep. I was like, yep. I thought, what did I do? 
what, where is this from? Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. It's so, I agree a hundred percent. I was so, it was so, <laughs> and I have to tell you, this is, this is part of what happened for me. And then, then suddenly I came out of the closet about buying junk food. I was just like, really, what the heck are you doing? So I went to Trader Joe's two weeks and it was literally, it will be three weeks ago now, I think on Friday, just as, just before the governor of California, just before Newsom said, okay, we're going to shelter in place. We'd already kind of had, you know, we knew some stuff was happening and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, well, I just need to run to Trader Joe's to get a few things that I would go get on a normal weekend. Right. (laughs) And I walk in the place is chaos (laughs) chaos <laughs> lines and stuff not on the shelves I'm like, oh my god i guess we we're here we go we're doing this right you're right and i had my list mm-hmm. and then i felt myself going but wait well you need this well you know if we're gonna be holed up you know yeah let's get the tortillas even though we don't really <laughs> eat tortillas oh well wait oh you know what yeah let's get some little ice cream just in case. <laughs> and i'm like oh my god by the time i walked out of there and i'm like of course, I'm standing in the aisle where the liquor is, right? I don't really drink hard <laughs> liquor that much. I drink wine. I'm a wino. Everybody knows I'm a wino. But I'm standing there and I'm like, well, I guess bourbon would be good. To have. Oh my gosh, this is hysterical because we did the same thing. We drink wine and I have no idea what possessed us, uh-huh. but we bought, we bought some bourbon. What right. And so then I'm standing, there, I'm standing there in line. I'm like, well, let's see what it would have. You know, rum would be good too because I really like my Moscow mules when I do have them. And before I knew it, I had rum, I had bourbon, I had ginger beer. I'm like asking the gal, can you watch my basket? I'm like, well, it's not going anywhere because there's 40 people ahead of you. you know? So I left and I, I got to the other side of the store because I like Trader Joe's orange Gina mixed drink and it's like there's none there. And I'm like, I, I can't, I need orange, orange Gina. None of this is anything on a normal week I would be buying at Trader Joe's. It's just I so I guess Amy and I are coming out of the closet now about our know, wicked right? little <laughs> bad yeah. habits. It's true. But I think this is the beauty when we can step and I'm so glad we had this laugh on this because <laughs> when we can step into this space of yeah. our closets are actually pretty dang funny when we think about them. They are. And because they're just be stupid fears. You gotta be yeah. honest with yourself about what's in your closet and what you need to mm-hmm. get rid of and get out of. And yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of the things I say often, Amy, is how do you get out of your closet? Is you use everything that's in your closet to get you out of that mm. closet. Everything yeah. you need is in your closet. That's good. Because you can just start to pull it together just like you do an outfit when you go out. You pick out the things in your closet that you need to look good if you're going to, you know, some swanky thing, or you pick out the things you need to go just get a good run in. It's all in your closet. And the more you think about, okay, what's in there? You know, I had this conversation yesterday with somebody about their business and I said, okay, time out. Yes, this is what you do. But before this, what did you do? Before you were running your own coaching practice, what did you do? What was the roles you played? And this, this guy started, well, you know, I was vice president of software. I said, okay, so you ran a team. Yeah. And you helped lead a team. Yeah. And what did you do to motivate that team? And how did you keep that team on track? And, we, and he goes, why are you asking me all these questions? I'm like, you could be offering people solutions for helping them run their teams in remote instances or staying connected or motivating he goes, I never thought of that. And of course, I'm like bitch slapping him going, of course you didn't think 
this, you know, <laughs> because we get so focused in what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally looking at stuff, you know, and, and I did this on a video the other day. I have some artwork. I have, well, I have tons of artwork because I'm a real art whore, but I have a couple of pieces of artwork that I have done that people see and they're like, you should be selling those. You should be selling those. I never take the time to like, okay, let's go back and figure out how the heck I did them. Because what that what I did is I took photos, brought them into Photoshop, manipulated these things. They're really unusual and very cool. And then I had them printed on the metal. And when people see these, like, I would pay like 250, 300 bucks for that at an art festival. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I probably should do that. But I just, you know, I don't. Well, Rick, you have plenty of time <laughs> now to sit back and go figure the stuff out you know mm -hmm. so um so what do you feel like is the thing that you have learned and and i hate even asking this kind of question but the thing you feel like you've learned most from this whole experience that you wish you could have told yourself 20 years ago i'm not sure if i would have listened however many years ago yeah you know, i agree myself but i i do think if i had to drill down in fact i think you asked me this question there's only one thing you could tell people what would be the one thing that you would tell people? And that is, and, I, and it, it's going to, it's so simple and you've heard it before. So I'm just a living example to tell you, you need to pay attention because it's true. We can't control what happens to us all the time. Mm -hmm. Right now is exact proof of that. We cannot mm -hmm. control what's going on. Mm -hmm. We can always control our response. Absolutely. So we can control if our response is going to be to like hoard all the liquor to get us through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> fun because that's what I did, you know, really, but we can control how we choose to respond to it. So like yeah. you're, you're choosing to go, you know what? I think I'm going to air up some tires. I think mm -hmm. I'm going to go outside and I am too. I'm like, you know what? Later say I'm going for a bike ride. Yep. We can choose whether we're going to keep scrolling through all the news feed or we're going to set limits or right. we're going to work on our business or we're going to figure out, I don't like that. I had to work at home. You're my friends who are like, Oh my God, like how do I work from home? Well, you get to, that's what happened to you. So you choose how to respond to it. How did I choose to respond to it? I made my office look pretty. I mm -hmm. ordered all kinds of cute colored pins. Cause that mm -hmm. makes me happy. Like choose you, how you're going to respond to the thing that happened to you. Yep. And that has just been the thing I've learned more than anything and how, and that's carried over um, in a lot mm. of ways for me. Yeah. Mine is very similar. I, and I, I say this a lot with clients, you, you get to create the story. Yeah. Now you can create the story that's negative yeah. or you can create the story that's motivating. You can create the story that's fear-based. You can create the story that's hope-based. You can create the story with possibility or impossibility. You can create the story with the problem or with the solution. When we figured out that a majority of what we do is humans and we're all really good at it. I mean, all of us have the ability to create a mm -hmm. Oscar winning story. You know, we could all do that because we do it every day, but we also get to create the story that we choose to create. Yeah. And I think it's that interesting thing of the choosing that yeah. always rises to the surface. In fact, when yeah. one of my talks, that's one of the things I say is how I got myself out of the closet was first I had to give myself permission. Second, I had to, give myself the freedom to look at my values and beliefs in a different way. And I also had to realize I get to choose. Yeah. I get to choose how to do this. That's right. And I think the moment we all dial in, especially in this time, we all get to choose how we want to be in this right now. Every one of us. And I may choose to say I'm staying in home, at home a lot more than somebody else. 
or I may choose to say I'm getting out on a bike ride while somebody else is like, I can't believe you're going out on a bike ride. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay healthy as best as I can. I'm also going to be very cognizant and loving to my fellow mankind by keeping the distance. Mm -hmm. But I think each one of us in this moment, and I'm so glad Amy was here to kind of just really bring this home today is Amy could have chosen through that, all of that experience to lay there and give up. And I know there was moments that she probably did feel that way, but she also could choose to keep hope. And when we choose the right path for us, whether it's coming out of the closet about your sexuality, coming out of the closet about surviving a bombing and losing weight and doing these things, when you realize you get to choose, it's when you begin to truly live your life uncloseted because it's all about you in a very loving way, not saying screw everybody else, but it's about you doing what's best for you. And when you do what's best for you, you also find that you start to do what's best for everybody else. Well, girlfriend, I think okay. we covered every other topic except the one that we also, <laughs> her brother is a gay author that I didn't put those two pieces together until she brought it up. I was wondering yeah. if you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. So there's just, there's so many interesting connections. And this is what yeah. I think is so beautiful in this time. I would invite everybody to think about the unique, unique connections you can create. Mm -hmm. There's just tons of them, tons of them that can give you a lot of hope and possibility in this time. So, Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And being part of this and being the beautiful light you are in the world. I just, I can't wait to get that message that I stood on a stage in front of 15,000 people. And Rick, <laughs> I about peed my pants as I right. stepped up on stage. And I'll just say, girl, I, I, the one thing I didn't teach you in all my coaching is you got to wear it depends before you go on stage, you know? <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. You've been a great light for my audience and I shall appreciate you. Thank you, Ray. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted, and never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.